BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The fact is, is when you violate your oath, when you do not take care to see that the laws are faithfully executed, when in fact you have American citizens who are getting harmed, you have people dying from fentanyl poisonings, you have wide open borders that are empowering cartels and empowering China, that is a blatant disregard of his duty. And importantly, he did in fact lie to me under oath when I presented him with the statute that says that you're supposed to maintain operational control of the border. He said one thing to me in a judiciary committee, went to another committee and went over to the Senate and said totally different things. And that actually matters because he was trying to tell the American people that they were in fact having operational control of the border and they didn't. And he was using the language to try to skirt around it. I pressed him on it. Mark Green did a great job at Homeland Security demonstrating that in fact he did lie to us under oath. That is Chip Roy of Texas, one of about a half dozen Congress people who I'm confident actually believe anything and then say what they believe. Uh, talking about uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is just utterly, indescribably incompetent and dishonest execution of his duty. Well, non-execution of his duties as Secretary of Homeland Security. The crisis at the border is undeniable. Even the lefty media are talking about it. But do we fully reckon with how serious a problem this is. To do that, we're going to turn to Stephen Camerata, Director of Research at Center for Immigration Studies, really the leading organization dealing with the reality of immigration in the United States. Stephen, welcome. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's always good to talk. Uh, It's got to be at least somewhat encouraging that there is practically nobody who can ignore this problem anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think that a lot of the coverage has looked at it in a systematic way or explained to the public what what caused it. But still, you're right. Uh, Talking about it is better than ignoring it. That's for sure. 
Yeah, it's funny. Even as that question was coming out of my mouth, it dawned on me. Well, yeah, yeah, nobody can ignore it because it's become so horrible. So that's, yeah, maybe the silver lining in the cloud. But uh, let's let's get a little more specific because I think everybody's seen the galling video of thousands of people, millions, just pouring across the border and the lawlessness there. And I think lawlessness offends people on its face just because we understand instinctively if there's lawlessness, we are not safe and our stuff is not safe. But let's get more specific than that. I know you at the Center for Immigration Studies have actually looked at the cost of of illegal immigration to taxpayers. Uh, Tell us what you've learned. Yeah, so there are a lot of issues. If you just want to know the fiscal impact, Putting aside the crime or uh, the, the fentanyl that may come in as a consequence or anything like just, just what we know about the fiscal impact, it's pretty straightforward because the impact of an immigrant, legal or illegal, into the United States is largely determined by their income and then the resulting tax payments and as well as their use of public services. And the single best predictor is educational attainment. So someone who comes to the United States with a graduate degree generally doesn't use a lot of services, generally makes high income and pays a lot of taxes. And on the other end, someone without a high school education um, tends to be enormous fiscal drain. It's not because they're evil. It's not because they're all freeloaders. It's not because they all came to get welfare. Um, it's because of that. And that's actually true of the U.S. born with that skill, uh, with that skill profile. And illegal immigrants are overwhelmingly on the bottom end of the skill distribution. 70% or so have no education beyond high school or less than 12 years of schooling, if you like that, uh, on average as well. And so we find that they're creating enormous fiscal drain. So, um, you know, we estimate that 59% of illegal immigrant households use at least one major welfare program. The cost of that is somewhere around $42 billion annually. Um, if you just look at the illegal immigrants and their U.S.-born children, the cost to the public education system at a minimum is about $68 billion. Again, that's not because they're all cheap. It's not because they're all, um, uh, you know, here just to get welfare. In fact, illegal immigrants have high rates of work. We estimate 94% of all illegal immigrant households have at least one workers. So I know what your uh, listeners are thinking. Oh, wait, how, did you just say 59% use the welfare system? Yes. Welfare and work go together all the time. The whole system is designed like that. So if, if I could give you a quick example, if you had a family making $40,000 a year, a family of four, and the children are U.S. born, but the parents are illegal immigrants, there's practically no program they couldn't get. They could live in public housing, get food stamps, get the free school lunches, get uh, the WIC program. Um, they could get the EITC and the, ACE, uh, and, the, and the additional child tax credit, which are cash payments. The bottom line is our welfare system is designed to help low-income workers with children, and that describes illegal immigrants. So that's a kind of message I don't know that people want to hear, because on the one hand, you point out that most illegal immigrants work, but and it's not because they're not paying any taxes. They're paying billions in taxes. It's just nowhere near enough to cover the consumption of their, uh, their public services, and the reason is educational attainment. You made a, a reference to schools briefly, and I'm glad you did. We got an email today. It was really troubling from a listener who had to remove her daughter from school in Northern California because the influx of uh, immigrant 
uh, kids has been so heavy. And we, God bless us as a people, say, look, if you're breathing air in this country, we'll educate you. And the the huge influx of non-English fluent students has brought the school to a halt uh, in terms of uh, instruction. And there is now all of a sudden a violence problem, a gang problem, including girl gangs, which is specifically the problem in this family. Uh, have you guys taken a look at the impact on education? I'm sure you have at some level. Right. So the statistic I gave about $68 billion in cost to educate the children of illegal immigrants assumed is an extremely conservative estimate. There are about 4 million children of illegal immigrants in public schools now, and that is before the current influx. That number is likely closer to 5 million now. And that estimate assumes no extra costs associated with kids who are behind in grade level or are at language minority. You know, you could easily estimate over $70 billion a year in cost to educate the children of illegal immigrants. And there is no possibility that illegal immigrants pay anywhere near that much in taxes, even though they work and even though we think the majority of illegal immigrants are actually paid on the books. I could explain that to your listeners, which I think might be surprising, but just one mm-hmm. fact. We've given out about 2.5 million Social Security numbers and green cards. That's work authorization to illegal immigrants. Yes, you can be an illegal immigrant, but be legally allowed to work. And the way that happens is you're someone who has DACA. You're someone who has what's called temporary protected status. You're someone who has some kind of deferred action. You are an asylum applicant with a pending case. And so we have lots of illegal immigrants with work authorization. I know, again, and if you want to know why we have so many illegal immigrants, that's a perfect example. Just like 59% of illegal immigrants use welfare. Uh, You know, we offer all these programs um, partly directly to illegals or partly when they have U.S.-born children. So if you want to understand why we have so much illegal immigration, it's a non-enforcement. And there are a lot of things that we do offer illegal immigrants. And that's why so many people come. Look, so many people are showing up at the border because we've created the incentive to. And it isn't just these goodies that I've mentioned or benefits. It's just that when you show up at the border, we mostly are releasing people. I mean, we've released at least 2.7 or maybe 3 million people who've been and it was what's called an encounter. They either presented themselves at a port of entry and claimed asylum or some other status or they were caught trying to slip in, and we still released them to asylum or we gave them parole. And that's why so many people are coming. That's why the asylum system is overwhelmed, and that's why so many people keep coming. They know most of the time they're going to get released. Just a quick comment, because uh, I don't want to let this go. The, it is impossible to quantify the loss in education, or at least it's impossible right now, uh, the loss in education to the kids who are already in schools, be they American kids or lawful immigrants or whatever. Uh, and in the wake of the, the brutal COVID learning loss and the shutdown of the schools, to have this then happen has got to be driving parents to despair. Uh, but we can talk about m- more of that uh, on another day. Uh, you mentioned the asylum seekers, and they are coming in by the many hundreds of thousands, uh, what percentage of those folks end up actually being eligible for asylum? Oh, well, I mean, if it's going to be, I mean, some estimates suggest it could be as high as, you know, 15% with 85% will get denied. Under this administration, maybe that could happen, but, you know, it's usually somewhere around 5 or 10%. But maybe right, so if I'm in that nine, that 85 to 95% that uh, they said, no, no, you're not a refugee, you're just here for a better gig, and we can respect that, but no, you're not a refugee. What happens to me then? How many people are actually getting deported? 
None. So, I mean, that's basically, we're not, we don't, once you've had your day in court and a judge says no, we don't make you go home. But remember, when the asylum system was blown up by the administration starting when we took office, and, you know, we went from like 100,000 or 200,000 cases to over a million. So it's going to take a decade. So what happens is you get a date, or you may not even get, you get released in the United States, and they say they'll contact you. Or you get a date, but it's many years in the future. And that's why, again, so many people show up. They don't think they can get asylum. They just know that, that they'll, they'll be released into the United States. But when we do, we have what's called the so-called deportation exconders. That number runs like seven, 800,000. These are people who've had their day in court, but we don't follow up. So they've been ordered removed. That's the, you know, they have a final order of removal, the technical term, what most of us would call a deportation. But we don't follow up. We don't go out and look for them. So even the system itself, when we say no, the answer is kind of, yeah, you can stay, because we don't really make you leave. Stephen Camerata, Center for Immigration Studies Online. Stephen, we got about two minutes, but I was speculating yesterday, uh, talking about the New York Times had a, a really revealing column by David Leonhardt, who occasionally brushes up against honesty, and he essentially admitted, without stating it in as many words, that a lot of the Democratic Party's policies right now are simply because they're not Trump's. They're the opposite of Trump's. Uh, I can't imagine anything more unpatriotic and just weak-willed than to utterly chuck all of your principles just for that reason. It's it's bizarre. Is there something else at work here? Is there a strategy? I mean, I would think of it this way. Wait, so a lot of conservatives think, look, the reason they take the, the reason they're allowing this immigration is they're trying to elect a new people. You know, they're trying to swamp the country with potential Democratic voters. And I guess there probably are people who think that, but I don't think that is an accurate description of what mostly is happening. What's happening to the Democratic Party is when it comes to immigration, they think of immigrants or these folks showing up at the border in particular as desperate people, and that's it. They never think of them as rational risk takers who are responding to the incentives that they're creating. So when I testified yesterday before one of the subcommittees in the House, people could say, well, you know, the whole world is facing a migration crisis. It's not that they couldn't make the connection that if you release most of the people you stop at the border, you're going to get a massive flood of people at the border. They just couldn't get their minds around it. They think of the immigrants not again as as responding to the incentives we're creating. And I think that's what's really happening. Stephen Camerata, Center for Immigration Studies. Stephen, it's always stimulating and informative. Let's stay in touch. I'm happy to do it again. Armstrong and Getty. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. 
Equal housing opportunity. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.